It's easy to say the Orlando Magic can't shoot. We know that. But there's one thing we know about this team. They have to win the paint. And with Joel Embiid out, the Magic didn't. It's win the paint, win the game on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is December 28th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic don't do the one thing they have to do to have any chance to win a game. They lose the paint. How that happened, why it's important, why it's more important than anything else, and what the Magic can do about it moving forward. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. So when I, if you're watching on YouTube, I have my box score up here. When I get this box score at the end of every game, when I look at the stats, yeah, I, I glance at the field goal percentage. Yeah, I glance at the three-point field goal percentage and the three-point shooting. But really, my eye, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to use this here. My eye goes down to this little graph here at the bottom uh, bottom left-hand side of the page. Because in that is points in the paint. Literally, one of the first things that I look for, and really I watch it at you know, when I'm at games at the Kia Center, I watch it on 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 our on our little screens there, uh, our live stat screens. I will watch this repeatedly and keep track of it, because quite simply, we know the Magic's problems offensively. We know the Magic aren't going to hit a lot of threes. They're not going to take a lot of threes. So guess what? Yes, let's stipulate this: the Magic need to make some shots. They shot 9 for 33, 27.3%. If I did my math correctly, it is the third time in the last five games that they've shot worse than 30% from three. It is the ninth time this season they've shot worse than 30% from three. The Magic need to make some shots. But guess what? We're at a point this season where we know this is who this team is. They're the second worst three-point shooting, or the third worst three-point shooting team in the league. They shoot the, they make the second fewest threes in the game. They make the, the second, they, they take the second fewest threes in the game. That's who this team is. And there's no changes coming until February. The Magic are not going out to make a trade. Yeah, they could add Jet Howard, but I don't think that's going to fix very many things. Um, but the the Magic aren't going to change anything about that. Not till at least February. So we've got a month. We've got six weeks from today, actually, before this potentially changes. And frankly, I'm not convinced it will. 
I'm not convinced this team's going to make any moves at the deadline unless, even if they're free falling, I, I don't think they will because it's transactions are not about this season. It's about the bigger picture. And so unless something bigger picture comes along, the Magic are going to probably going to hang tight. Uh, I, I, I'm still pretty convinced of that. Um, we'll see what happens. Six weeks is a long time. There's a lot of games left to play. But we know the shooting isn't coming. And so we have to ask ourselves, what does this team need to do to make up for their lack of shooting? What does this team need to do to be a great shooting team or, or to be a, the, the offensive team that they need to be for their defense to be successful? What do they have to do? And so, yes, they need to make shots. Uh, I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to, to dis dissuade you of that. This team's biggest weakness, the biggest issue, the biggest need they have to address is they have to make some freaking shots. Make some freaking shots and everything else gets fixed, including what we're about to talk about here. But the bottom line is this. For this team to win, they have to be dominant in the paint. They don't just need to win the paint. Win the paint, win the game is going to be the motto of this episode. But they have to dominate the paint. And so why did the Magic lose to the Philadelphia 76ers? I can tell you, as much as you want to point the finger at the three-point shooting, 9 for 33, that's not why. Philadelphia shot 10 for 28, 35.7%. They made just one more three than the Orlando Magic. Three-point shooting is, the, you know, yes, the Magic missed some critical threes at some critical junctures, but three-point shooting is not why the Magic lost this game. The Magic lost this game because Philadelphia outworked them and outscored them 58-40 to 40 in the paint. Just a night after the Magic scored 70 points in the paint in a win over the Washington Wizards. And again, that's a win where the Magic made up a lot of ground because of their win winning in the paint. They did the same against Indiana. That's how they win games. The Magic are, what, second in the league in points in the paint per game behind Indiana? Um, you know... They are, they average 55.9 points in the paint per game. And, um, and, and so again, second most in the league, they're a team that gives up the ninth fewest points in the paint per game. This is a team that dominates the paint. And that's at like 44 something. Um, this is a team that dominates the paint on both sides of the floor. They have to get to 55 points in the paint per game. They have to score 50 plus for sure to win but they have to be around 60. And that doesn't even include free throws, which are quasi points in the paint, in my opinion. Which Magic got 24 in this game, which is not great for them, but not terrible, considering how, how slow this game was played. Um, the Magic have to win the paint. And so what went wrong Wednesday in a 112-92 loss to, to the Philadelphia 76ers is they got worked. The Sixers were first to every loose ball. The Sixers were able to get into the lane. They were able to keep, they were able to blitz and trap the Magic, keep them out of the paint, keep them timid, keep them shooting jumpers, which they're not good at, thanks to the Athletic for, for putting those numbers out there for us. The Magic are the worst jump shooting team in the league. Um, the Magic were just bad. Just, just, the Sixers made the Magic play a game they are not comfortable playing. They switched, they trapped. They blitzed, they dropped, and Orlando couldn't get into the paint consistent. They couldn't get downhill. And the Magic, frankly, have only that way to attack. 
unless they happen to catch a game where they make some threes. And Jalen Suggs made some threes early. You know, it wasn't like they were completely lost. Unless you happen to catch the Magic in a game where they are making threes, this is the formula to beat them. Keep them out of the paint and find a way to attack the paint yourself. Again, Philadelphia did the work. 12 offensive rebounds without Joel Embiid, by the way. Uh, 16 second chance points. 58 points in the paint. At a certain point, Orlando just struggled to keep their man in front of them or or had to rotate and, and switch that opened up some three-point shots and opened up dump downs or offensive rebounds. Win the paint, win the game. The formula for the Orlando Magic is not a complex one. Now, yes, again, stipulating this, the Magic makes some threes, it affords them some games where the paint isn't, where they don't dominate the paint. Um, Making some threes loosens the ability for the Magic to get into the paint. It's all connected. So while I am, you know, purposefully ignoring the shooting problems or kind of waving them away sometimes, I am not. It's all connected to the shooting problem. We all know this team has a shooting problem. We all know this team is not a great three-point shooting team. And it's a problem they have to work around. At the end of the day, what we're doing and what we're talking about here are things that will help the team when they do get some shooters, no doubt about it, like having Franz Wagner and Palabanker who are just dominant in the paint and able to get to the foul line consistently, those two guys are going to be great when they have some shooters around them. But we all know the thing holding this team back is it's shooting. And so now we have to figure out ways to get around it. And, and I, you got to give credit to the Magic and give credit to Jamal Mosley. They figured out a way around it to be the team that they are. But as we're seeing here in December, teams have figured them out a little bit, especially the good teams. And the Magic are crashing back a bit down to earth. Magic are now fifth in the Eastern Conference behind, tied with Miami at 18 and 12. Um, they're only uh, a game ahead of Cleveland or half game ahead of Cleveland for sixth. They're a game and a half ahead of the Knicks for seventh, making Friday's game all the more important. There is still a lot of work to do. And, and, and we're going to see this team get an upswing at some point. They're going to get hot. They're going to feel feel better about themselves. It's, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, what matters for this team, at the end of the day, the thing that's going to determine whether this team wins or loses games on most nights or has a chance to win games on most nights is their ability to finish in the paint. And this was a game that exposed a lot of those weaknesses once again. We're going to break down the box score first and talk a little bit about what happened in Wednesday's game before we get to the Wendell Carter questions because I'm getting a lot of them and I want to just clear the air a little bit. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first... It's time for a quick word for our friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I talked about him yesterday, but I want to bring him back up as the Orlando Magic gets set to face the New York Knicks. Isaiah Hartenstein. 
Mitchell Robinson appears to be out for the rest of the year. The Knicks, Knicks reportedly did put a uh, disabled player exception request in for him, so, which means he will be out for the rest of the year. And that means Isaiah Hartenstein is a clear add if he is available because he is going to start at center for the Knicks moving forward. Hartenstein, which we've talked about a lot in free agency, I know I talked a little bit about him during the draft process, is an excellent rebounder, an excellent shot blocker, and just a great overall interior presence. Not going to get you a lot of points, but he'll fill up some other stats. If you're looking for a Magic player to potentially add, let me suggest uh, some Caleb Houston for you. The Magic dealing with some injuries in this game Wednesday, played without Gary Harris, without Joe Ingles, without Jonathan Isaac. Caleb Houston has been the first man off the bench or into the rotation whenever the Magic find themselves a little shorthanded. He shot. He made two of his four three-pointers in this game, played some really solid defense. So he may not get you a lot of points, but if you need someone to fill in the back end of your roster or a player who um, a player for your daily fantasy, Caleb Houston is a quiet guy, a, maybe a bargain guy that you can get uh, off your waiver wire or, or, or for your daily fantasy team to complete your lineup. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship in eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. If you, um, It's the same with your vehicle. With more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fits only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, uh, before we dive into the box score, remember that you can check out the Locked On Podcast Network's 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube now. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. Before we dive into some bigger questions about Wendell Carter, I want to bring up some stats that that hopefully illuminate some things. Um, I'm a little, uh, I'll double check some of them uh, live, probably just because I, I wrote I wrote something about him uh, a little bit earlier. Um, let's go through the box score now. Um, this was a frustrating game, and it was a frustrating game from the very very start. You could just tell the Magic were a bit off. Um, and, and look, Philadelphia was definitely a bit off too. Um, yeah, they still got 112 points. They went on a, a killer run toward at the end of the game um, that put the game fully out of reach. But the Magic, you know, the Magic fought hard. Um, you know, none of this is for lack of effort. Um, but Philadelphia struggled to shoot two. The Magic's defense really held its own. It kept them in the game. But it was just a, it was just an uphill climb. It was Sisyphus, you know, pushing the boulder up the hill the entire game. Um, it was close. Orlando had the lead. They turned the ball over a little bit. Philadelphia would go in the lead. They, they, they'd get even again. But really by halftime, Philadelphia had control of this game. And it became just, a, again, a Sisyphean effort. Every time it felt like Orlando was gaining some momentum or, or finding a groove offensively, Philadelphia would change from their man-to-man to a zone or change their scheme. And, and Orlando would turn the ball over. 
Philadelphia would score some ba- score some key baskets. They take that six point lead, knock it back out to eleven, and and it yo-yoed like this between, you know, maybe four or five and eleven or eight nine somewhere in that range. Um, it yo-yoed like that for much of the second half, and, and Orlando just could not get over the hump. And again, some of that is they missed some key shots. But a lot of that was the Magic didn't defend particularly well. You know, Philadelphia ended up scoring 115 points per 100 possessions, which isn't terrible. Orlando was at 110 for the season, but Orlando only made 90, only scored 94 points per 100 possessions. So a really poor offensive rating for Orlando. And again, they got to make some shots, but a lot of it was just really difficult shots. You know, I went back after the game, watched every single one of Paolo Bancaro's shots. Didn't really get to the basket. Didn't get all the way to the rim. There's a lot of those mid-range jumpers that he's he's really comfortable with that turnaround fadeaway, um, and, and getting to that spot at the free throw line or in the in the in the dotted circle uh, and hitting that little jumper. Those didn't go down, and and you know you just didn't see him try and get to the basket. Now, the referees let both teams be very physical. I think there's a lot of frustration on both sides of the ball over the officiating. But look, Paolo. He had 19 points, six for 21 shooting, one for eight from three. Most of those threes were good looks and shots that he that he can make, but you don't need him taking eight threes. That, that's a lack of aggression. Again, win the paint, win the game. Paolo Bancaro should be at four threes per game. I think that's fair. If he's taking eight, that means he's not being aggressive enough. Uh, he's not getting the basket enough. He got seven free throws in the game, but you could tell he was really frustrated with the physicality. He he felt he there were definitely a few possessions where he pouted uh, and didn't and stayed on the floor after what he perceived was a foul call that he didn't get um, and was late getting back in, into the play. Um, you know, again, it was just it was hard for him to get downhill and hard for him to get in the paint, and, and you could tell. And defensively, I didn't think he was particularly good at all. I thought he was just not. I don't want to say engaged, but he was off defensively, and, and you know. No, you know, I asked Jamal Mosley before the game about back-to-backs and what's different about back-to-backs. They won only one back-to-back last year. I think they're now two and four in back-to-backs this year and the second night of back-to-backs this year. What's different about it? He said, A, maturity. Team's a little bit older. Knows what they're doing. The continuity's there. But B, it's understanding that the other team isn't going to accept your excuse. Um, the other team doesn't care. And it's understanding that that this can't be an excuse. Having said that, Look, a Washington to Orlando back-to-back, it isn't like last week's Orlando to Milwaukee back-to-back, um, and the Magic played well in that game and just ran out of gas. That kind of happened in this one. You know, I don't want to put that fully for why the Magic didn't make shots, but there are a lot of shots going short. There's just, everything was just a hair off. And, and you know, Philadelphia was sitting here waiting after their Christmas Day loss to the Heat, or their you know, Christmas Day night loss to the Heat. Um, it, even without Embiid, Philadelphia's a talented team. It's it's not like they're a bad team without him. Tyrese Maxey's going to be an all-star as well this year. Uh, you know, Tobias, we know what Tobias Harris can do. You know, they, they had they got great contributions from a lot of guys. They figured out how to muck the game up. And, and this is the kind of game that the Magic should be able to win. The Magic should be able to win these dirty, ugly games. Um, they should be able to compete in these games. Uh, but they weren't able to take that step. And they weren't able to kind of make the plays they have to make to win ba- to win basketball games. I'm um, just playing it to win basketball games. Again, it, it starts with the paint. Um, I got to give Franz Wagner credit, though. He was always on the attack. 24 points, 8 for 16 shooting, 7 for 8 from the foul line. Five rebounds, three assists. He did have four turnovers. I really loved how he attacked the paint. Was really good at kind of weaving his way through the defense, you know, changing his, his pace a little bit. 
um, you know, slowing down, speeding up, attacking Mobamba in his drop coverage. Franz, Franz came to play and was really carrying the team for long stretches. But again, he too had his moments of frustration. Um, shots weren't falling and, 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 you know, that was it. Jalen Suggs scored 11 of his 20 points in the first quarter, uh, eight for 12 shooting overall. Uh, Suggs put a lot of this loss on him, said he sets the tone for the team, felt like he was loose with the ball. He, he had three turnovers, none in the first quarter, um, but he did have some mistakes in that third quarter as Philadelphia began to expand their lead, fouled a lot, which again, lowers his intensity, which then in turn lowers everyone else's intensity. So, you know, Suggs, I don't want to say he dropped the ball. I do appreciate that he took personal responsibility, that he puts a lot on his shoulders. Um, but he's he had some really good moments. The issue is they were the only ones that scored. You know, Wendell Carter plays 22 minutes, only four points, one for four shooting. Um, I thought, you know, we'll talk about Wendell here in a minute. I thought he did some good things defensively. He's struggling to get his rhythm uh, still, but his, his rhythm offensively still for sure. Um, he had, you know, honestly, this is going to be the sign that he's healthy and that he's ready to go. He had a big alley-oop dunk that he just mishandled. Once he's able to kind of handle those, that's when he know he'll be back, that he's like completely back. I thought his defense was fine. Um, you know, he had a really nice block early in the game. Uh, but we'll talk about Wendell here in a minute. I'll, 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 save, I'll save that and some thoughts on him. Anthony Black, only three points, one for six shooting, cooling off after the big game on Tuesday. Cole Anthony, just five points on two for seven shooting. The, the Sixers victimized him endlessly. Orlando was switching every screen. That put him on Marcus Morris a lot. Marcus Morris scored uh, scored 14 points on six for 14 shooting. Just a, a, almost all of those makes essentially over Cole Anthony. And look, Cole fights. I don't want to knock him for being a bad defender. Um, he fights. He tries. He's not trying to be a bad defender. He does all the right things. His size makes him really difficult to fit into this team's overall defensive scheme. So the Magic just... I, I, I did not think the Magic put him in to, in a position to be successful tonight, uh, in a position to be successful in this game, and, and that's part of, that was part of the overall problem with the team. Um, they were just not in a position to be successful. Bova, uh, Caleb Houston had seven points on two for four shooting. Bo Wagner only three, only uh, two points, only on free throws. Um, Juma Okeke had three points. Again, Magic played without some guys. Goga Vataze only played eight fifty. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit too. Um, so it was, it was just a rough night for everybody. Um, you know, again, the match just could not find their offensive rhythm. Ball got super stagnant, stuck on one side. Philadelphia did a good job closing off the paint, making it difficult for the match to make interior passes. Orlando had 16 turnovers for 15 Philadelphia points. So the turnovers didn't kill them, but in a game that was this low possession, those were lost opportunities. Again, you want every bas every possession to end in a shot, make or miss. You want it to end in a shot. Because Philadelphia turned a lot of those turnovers into fast breaks. They had 23 fast break points. Again, 15 points off of 16 turnovers. Philadelphia did a good job running and finding easy baskets where Orlando, you know, they had 18. So it wasn't like they struggled, but Orlando struggled to kind of start getting stops and, and put this game away again. Uh, Philadelphia had 63 or had 60 points even in the second in the second half compared to Orlando's 46. So that 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 is your ball game in a 20-point loss. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has 23 points bouncing back from his bad game Monday in Miami. Tobias Harris at 22, as did DeAnthony Melton, who is getting certified Magic Killer status at this point. The Philadelphia 76ers defeat the Orlando Magic 112-92. to Magic back in action Friday against the New York Knicks. But one question a lot of Magic fans have 
is whether playing Wendell Carter is the right decision. I'm going to explain why it is for now. Not a knock on Goga. I'm going to explain why Wendell Carter is still the, the answer. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Look, I had a great Prize Picks weekend. This weekend for the holidays, the, they had a lot of great offers. They had the Santa hat, you know, free play at Kevin Durant at more or less than half a point. Um, they had a bunch of the sweater deals, which was essentially just a lower, more, more value, value pick. Price picks offer so many great, great, uh, great ideas and great ways to play and engage with the game that you love. Look, daily fantasy sports games can be confusing with those salary caps and unfamiliar scoring systems. You want simple and you want to play the house. It's the one time you want to play the house because if you're going into those giant player pools, you're lucky to get your money back. I was a double winner this weekend. I won both of my prize pick selection pools, uh, won all of them, got all the money. Yeah, I play for small stakes. I only put $10 in at a time because I'm super conservative and scared of, and scared of losing. But I won both my prize picks running away. I had a great Great weekend. Patrick Mahomes had me a little bit dicey because I went for the full the full pay where I had to get all, all four of my picks right. But Mahomes came through for me, got that last touchdown. No one was happier than me about that. Prize picks is really simple to play. All you have to do is pick two to six players and, pro and project whether they will have more or less than their stat projection. Paolo Bancaro is at 24 and a half, I think, for uh, the game against Washington. That's kind of where he's settling in at the, in the low 20. So check out for the values. There with our guy Paolo Bancaro. And really, prize picks offer so many great ways to play, whether it's their special leagues, which combine football and basketball, combine two sports like football and basketball or college, college basketball, um, to create a special pick option. You can even play along some of prize picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash lockdownNBA and use code lockdownNBA for a first deposit matchup up to $100. This is daily fantasy. Made easy. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Okay. Uh, you know, I love you guys for emailing me. I love all the commenters. Um, I, I crowdsource. You tell me what you want me to talk about. Like, seriously. Um, and so, I you know, I got a message and I'm seeing messages in various, you know, magic groups that I'm with as well as on social media saying, why isn't Goga Batadze playing? Why, you know, Wendell Carter isn't it? Goga was great. We were rolling. Why did we disrupt all the momentum and all the rhythm that we had as a team? And honestly, like, that's not an unfair question, to be perfectly honest. That's not an unfair question to ask. Why would the Magic disrupt all the good mojo that they have? Why would they disrupt everything that was working for them to play Wendell Carter, who they were did fine without for the last 20 games? Um, it, look. The Magic were eventually going to make this call. The Magic were eventually going to bring these guys back, and the same is going to happen with Marco Fultz, and we're going to go through the same 
kind of hand-wringing that we're going through now, even though Anthony Black has kind of been a bit of a struggle. But here's the thing. Wendell Carter is still a really versatile and really strong player. Wendell Carter is still um, is still someone who can defend in a really versatile way. And so, and Wendell Carter also, we're three games in, or four games in now, to Wendell Carter being back a week or week into him being back, it was always going to take some time for him to get healthy. Now, look, the numbers, individual numbers don't look great. He's struggling in the first five games before his hand injury. He's still struggling to score now. And you can just watch him and tell he's not 100% right. Like, honestly, like, he is not 100% right. If there's an argument for why Goga Batadze should play, and look, Goga Batadze should play. He has earned the right to play. He's been very, very good this year, and his defense has been rock solid. But, but um, frankly, let me just pull up all of Carter's lineups here. Um, but frankly, Goga Batadze is still a very limited player. And I hate to say this, but if you look at the Magic starting lineup, if you look at how the team was playing over the last few weeks, what you know, yes, Batadze still has a net positive effect on the on the game and for the season. That starting lineup with Black and Batadze was still a is still a positive plus minus, but it was slipping, and especially in first quarters, it was slipping. This is not me saying you know. This is me having to argue that that you guys need to be patient with Wendell Carter. How patient, how long can we wait? That's a fair question to ask. I do think the Magic are going to give him a little bit more time to get himself back because they know he's going to help them out a ton in April. But yeah, time is ticking. Time is, run- I don't want to say running out, but the Magic are going to have to make a win-now decision because... As much as I like the Magic trying to get all three of these players into the rotation, that doesn't work. Wendell's not getting the full rhythm and trust that he needs to be uh, to be fully healthy and to be part of the rotation. Um, Mo, you know, Mo Wagner's minutes are relatively untouched. And Goga Batadze coming in just for the last five minutes of each half, that's unfair to him. Again, he deserves to play. I think he's earned that trust. And, and, and the fact that the Magic are even trying this right now is proof positive. So a lot of you might be asking, so why don't the Magic just bench Wendell Carter till he's fully healthy, till they're fully confident? Because like I said, he had one he had an alley-oop dunk that he would normally finish that he didn't. And it bounced off his left hand. And, and not that he was hurting or anything like that. His timing is just off. And, and frankly... The only way he's going to get that timing back, the only way he's going to get his conditioning back is to play. He has to play in these games. You can suggest that he comes off the bench. That's fine. But he has to play in these games. And ultimately, he's a player that can make this team better. Frankly, the numbers for the small sample size that is this past week bear it out. In 39 minutes over the last three games, the lineup of Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Palo Banker, or Wendell Carter Jr. has a plus 16.2 net rating. 
104.4 offensive rating, 93.2 defensive rating. Stick Gary Harrison there, it it, it gets bad. 27 minutes, minus 51.2 net rating, 80.4 offensive rating. So again, I don't know. I don't think that's a Carter thing. I think Gary Harris has just been really, really bad this year. Um, you look at some of the other lineups that he is typically in. Uh, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Gary Harris, Wendell Carter lineup as a plus 39.2 net rating in seven minutes. Again, small, small sample sizes. It is too soon to draw any conclusions. But the fact that that starting group with Suggs and Carter in there is working, is continuing to work, continues to establish a defensive mindset that this team wants, that matters. And it's not that Batadze doesn't add that. And Batadze's maybe been a little bit more active offensively, but Orlando's not running anything for Batadze. Wendell Carter, I thought, played a fine defensive game. Not, not spectacular by any means, but I do think we are starting to see him get his defensive timing back. He had, what, two blocks in this game? He was active. No doubt about it. He was active. I mean, Goga Batadze had four blocks in, in, eight, eight, in less than nine minutes. So again, Batadze is also active. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that isn't the case. What Orlando is betting on here, and I'll agree and agree to this. Batadze looks better than Carter in his minutes. Right now, I agree with that. If the Magic had to win a playoff game tomorrow, Batadze should start. And Wendell Carter shouldn't play. Wendell Carter's not ready to play meaningful basketball quite yet. But that's the thing. We are not at that point yet. We are growing to that point. And what the Magic know, and, and the Magic, I think, recognize is that that Carter can take them farther than Batadze can. Because Carter is at least a nominal three-point shooting threat. Because Carter can get out and defend players on the perimeter like he did Saturday against Tyrese Halliburton. Carter can help this team win. And the Magic know it was always going to take him a little time to get fully healthy. So yeah, I, I think your questions are fair. Yes, I think that Wendell Carter hasn't looked the way we need Wendell Carter to look. If this is the Wendell Carter we get for the rest of the season, not only do I think he's out of the rotation, or do I, do I think that you play Goga Batadze over him, I think you have real questions to answer at center as much as you, probably more than your question at point guard. I had questions about Wendell Carter at center already. And his struggles this year are concerning. Um, because uh, like people hyped him up. People thought he was going to be really, really good. And he was really, really good last year. No one was talking about how good he was last year. He's been nothing like that so far this year. But I got to bring out the old Aaron Rodgers. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Don't do it when you want to come to it. Um... It's going to take time for Wendell to get to get fully into the swing of things. And when that light bulb clicks, it's going to be clear why Wendell Carter is the player. Maybe it's if that light bulb clicks. If it doesn't click, and, and again, I would give him to the end of the road trip um, before you have to start making that hard decision. If it's really costing you games, because frankly, right now, it's not. It's not really costing them games quite yet. The Magic won their early minutes with Carter, and he had, you know, Right now, it feels like he has this early burst where he plays really well. 
And any kind of fades into the background and becomes invisible later in the game. And I think some of that is, frankly, the rotation and the fact that he doesn't really come back in after that first stint in each half. The Magic got to be fully invested in at this point. Um, and again, Goga deserves to play. I'm not going to tell you that he done. He's earned the right to play, and the Magic probably need to try and find a way to keep him in the rotation, but that's hard to do. This is the curse of depth. The Magic have too many players they want to play. But we got to be patient with Wendell Carter. Yes, he has struggled this year, and maybe that shortens the leash up a little bit, but we know how good he can be. We're seeing it in pockets right now. It's not consistent yet. And we got to get it to consistency. But it was always going to take time for him after such a long absence to get his bearings, especially with how different this Magic team is playing right now. So we got to give Wendell his moment. We got to give Wendell his opportunity. We got to give Wendell some time. He's earned it. He's earned that trust. But yeah, there are good signs. There are some overall good signs. But it has been rough. And Wendell's got a lot of work to do to get back to being fully healthy and fully who he is. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Match. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Switch your tune in. Him like Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them may sell podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Relates on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, at patreon.com slash Hub. You can check out my video on Franz Wagner and why he's so successful with drives and how teams try to stop him. You can check that out again at patreon.com slash Hub. And thank you all again for your support. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Podcast Network's 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. That's going to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, it's been Phil Prosper. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.